I just got increasingly well practiced at questioning that narrative that this is the way things are supposed to be. This is a set path, it's reliable, and it just wasn't what I wanted. Please share, we can do better. I don't believe in the rigid 9 to 5, 40 hour work week. Life is short and people spend way too much of it working. You deserve more time to do the things that light you up so you can show up in the world as the best version of yourself. The Pretty Sure We Can Do Better podcast will explore all the ways you can create more freedom and flexibility in your life so you will feel less stressed and more empowered to make a difference in the world. The world needs you to be happier. The world needs you to feel more fulfilled. The world needs you to smile more, and I know we can get you there. Each week, we will hear from people who are doing this well. We will gain insights into how they are creating the life they've always wanted. I'm your host, Angie Cazares, and together, I'm pretty sure we can do better. Welcome back to Pretty Sure We Can Do Better. I'm excited to introduce to you our guest this week, Emma Givens. Have you ever just met a person and you know right away deep down that they're just one of the most kind, sweet, and genuine people that you'll ever meet? Now, I've only met Emma virtually, but that's how it was when I met her immediately. You can just tell. She just radiates kindness, and she's just so sincere, and she's really freaking good at what she does. Emma is a copywriter and a business writing coach. And for those of you who might be a little bit confused as to what that exactly is, a copywriter and a business coach is someone who helps entrepreneurs make their writing better and get their content strategy to do the work for them. That's how they can easily establish themselves as experts in their fields, grow their audience, make more sales, and spend more time doing the work that matters most. And that's what Emma does. And she's really good, like I said. We met in a course that we took online together, and I don't even remember what it was. I was trying to remember before I recorded this, but I was trying to do maybe a description of maybe who my ideal client was. And I put it on in a Facebook group that we were in together, and I was like, what does everybody think about this? And Emma just said one thing, and I made the small tweak. It made me think about an approach how I was wording things a little bit differently. And it was just so much better immediately. Just from the one small suggestion that she made. She's really, really good at what she does. And in this episode, she shares her journey on how she got started in copywriting. She also shares about just listening to your intuition and the tugs that, you know, you might be getting to try something new or to make a shift in your life. And she also gives us tips on if you're interested in writing yourself and maybe want to explore copywriting. So I'm really just grateful that Emma came on and shared her story with you. And I think you'll find it really inspirational. So yeah, here she is. Here's Emma. Hey, Emma, how are you? Hi, Angie. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to see your face again. Yes, it's been too long. (laughs) Uh, well, yeah, I want to learn, I want you to introduce yourself to everyone and kind of what your day-to-day life looks like, what you do, and then we'll backtrack so you can tell us how you actually got there. 
Sounds good. All right, so I'm a copywriter and content marketer as well as a writing coach. So I either do the writing for people or I help them write better themselves. And I typically work with purpose-driven small businesses. So they could be coaches, they could be therapists, they could be actually one of the businesses I work for is the largest funeral services industry of business in Canada. So interesting, <laughs> very, very, very interesting. But the thing they all have in common is that they're all very purpose-driven. Um, and that's kind of what gives me so much joy. So my day-to-day -day life is talking with people who care deeply about the work that they do. And then I get to communicate that in writing for them or help them to communicate it better. So that's the work I do. And uh, I was doing that before COVID. So my day to day hasn't changed much in terms of I work from home <laughs> and yeah, I could happily yeah. work from home. Yeah, that's so cool. So mm -hmm. when did you realize you wanted to do copywriting? Yeah, so I always loved writing when I was, I think, eight years old. I self-published, I like to say, my first novel, and it's because I bound it in tissue paper, <laughs> so it kind of had a cover. Um, it was called Hockey Dogs. I'm Canadian, you can kind of guess from that. Um, and so I've, I've been writing ever since, basically. I've written little, mostly novels for a long time, and then trying to figure out, okay, what can I do for a career? I decided to go into marketing and accidentally found myself doing the writing just because I couldn't stay away from it, basically. That was not what I was supposed to be doing originally. It was not what I was hired for, but I just loved it too much that I always made time to add content to the team, grew more in my responsibilities, and have managed to turn it into my full-time job. And I, it still kind of blows my mind. <laughs> so I love it. I absolutely love it. That's cool. So your undergrad was in marketing. No, no. no. Okay. <laughs> no, my marketing experience was pr basically practical and then taking courses on the job. Um, because I went, yeah, I went to university, the university of Toronto and did European studies. It took me a while to get there. Uh, midway through, I was so confused about what to study because I just knew I liked writing and I liked telling stories, but thought there's no way you could possibly make a career out of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I took a break <laughs> and instead of doing an exchange program, I actually uh, did a work abroad program. So I was in Spain for a year uh, back in 2014 and I was testing out stuff like basically, do I want to be a teacher because you get to kind of tell stories by doing that because I loved history. Um, and I ended up deciding, well, out of all of the stuff I figured out this year, I realized I like traveling. So, and I was yeah. in Europe, so let me do European studies because I got to write in all those courses. That's like politics, it's history, um, all sorts of things that are super relevant to today, but it's also, you get to see kind of the path of human history. So I think that's kind of the thread where writing came into it, but it was definitely not particularly practical skills outside of writing every single day because I was not learning how to become a marketer. That was genuinely just through work experience on the side. Uh, and then I ended up getting a full-time job where I had been working throughout university every summer. So it was a very, everything always led back to writing, but it was a very wavy path to get back there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you did that, you were doing it in your, in your job. So when, what did the process look like for you stepping out on your own? Yeah. So I was in the full-time position at that company for, I think it was only a year and a half. I believe I was still 24 at the time and I liked it. I was doing basically three jobs in one because I wanted to do the writing so badly. I took that on. Plus I had inadvertently 
because I love stories, also become uh, the e-learning expert of the business, plus all the regular marketing stuff I was doing. So I was realizing I can accomplish a lot. And I actually really like to work as long as there's something meaningful that I can find in it. Yeah. I would like working. Um, so then I realized, okay, I am learning so much so fast <laughs> and contributing so much that I, I feel like I've learned what I can learn in this situation. So I decided that I needed to learn something else and make a transition and do something different in a way. So I thought I would want to do marketing, but I would want to go into tourism because again, I love traveling and learning about other people, other cultures, other histories. So yeah. I left the job and decided I was going to do part-time copywriting and uh, basically just saved up for a year so I could do a master's in back in Spain because I had grown to love it so much. So I kind of technically started working on my own at that point. I really yeah. just thought of myself as a freelancer, a way to get through while I was going to finish that program. And uh, <laughs> twisting back to now, I am full-time and I'm not in the tourism industry. So if you want, we can get into how that happened. <laughs> yes, I do want to get into that now that you mention it. So okay. <laughs> yeah, so you're in Spain yeah. and mm. you were in this master's program. Yeah, yeah. And so, then what happens? <laughs> so I was... Yeah, yeah. So I got through a semester and the people that I was in class with were amazing. They were from all over the world, especially from South America. Um, and I loved living in Spain. We were in Girona, which is a little bit north of Barcelona, closer to France. So an incredible environment, incredible people. But the program was disorganized, we can say that from the beginning. And I started to realize that there wasn't a lot of space to tell your own story within that really, really structured kind of view of what is right in a master's degree, what is wrong, what is okay research, what is not, what is the goal of tourism and what is not. And for me, I, as much as marketing is, you know, geared towards making a living, making money for people and their businesses, it's for me primarily comes back to telling stories. So the program very quickly showed itself to not align with my values and what the priorities were for me. Um, okay. So I got back home at Christmas thinking, okay, it's only a few more months. I can get through. I'm going to have a, a degree. I'm going to have a master's at the end. That's what I wanted, right? So I kind of talked myself back into it. And about a week after that, <laughs> I was sitting at a table with some of the girls in the program with me who were doing a, we were doing a project together. And just thinking to myself, why am I doing this to myself? I don't want to be here. <laughs> this is not the life I want to create for myself. I don't want to always be listening to other people's visions of the world and the right way to tell a story. I, I Every sign was telling me not to be there. Like I couldn't get documents approved. It took me months to get my residence. It was constant, yeah. constant messages, both from the faculty, as well as just kind of these, I don't know, like universal signs almost that yeah, yeah. at the very least I was interpreting and because I think the, the underlying desire was to leave. I didn't want to be there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think I made the best decision I could at the time by doing that program. And I learned a lot and I met amazing people. And for that, I, I would never ever say that I regretted the choice at all. But I realized 
technically there's nine months left and I'm never going to get nine months back. <laughs> it's not like yeah. the money I invested in the program that you can find ways to make back. The time is never going to come back. So Ooh, yeah, I decided to leave and that I had figured out I loved marketing and I loved telling stories in a way that felt really authentic and I loved getting to know people. So why not do that instead of waiting for somebody else to give me permission to do it? I want to just mm-hmm. step back out into the world where I'd already started being successful. Like I had done it inadvertently just to get by until I started this master's degree. So why not give that a complete chance instead of following the structure that it always had throughout my life in school, because I did well in school constantly, but it was extremely limiting, right? Like there's a certain profile of person who does well in the school environment and to do well, you have to fit certain things. You have to think certain things and, and act in a certain way. And I just wanted more autonomy, basically. I just wanted to try new things and figure out what I wanted out of life. So I finally went back to to doing this writing work that I loved all along. And I think eventually I would have found my way back to, even if I'd stayed in the master's degree. Yeah. (laughs) But I did save myself nine months of my life (laughs) and got started sooner. That's so cool. And I feel like that so many people feel those tugs and they don't follow it. They don't allow themselves to take that risk and to take that next step. So do you want to talk a little bit more like in that moment, like who all were you considering if there was people or what all were you considering? Like was any, you know, like push and pull. I mean, what all was going through your mind on this? Like I have this clear path, but I, yeah, all the signs, everything. Like how did you Mm. sort it all out? I feel like that's for people. The issue is just kind of sorting out all of those different tugs in all different directions. Yeah. I think for me, the journey to be able to follow the tug started a couple years before that, where I was still working at that full-time job and I realized, okay, I, I basically realized I need to figure out why I care so much about what other people think. Like, why do I follow the correct path? Why am I so good at following the rules and, you know, succeeding and doing so, but not having fun? I, the way I phrased it the first time I went to therapy basically was saying, I feel like I've lost my inner compass. Like I haven't, I can't figure out what I want or where the inner direction is driving me. Um, So I did a lot of self-reflection for a few years. And I think every time I made a choice, it made that ability to listen to the, just to hear the tugs a lot stronger. So the first one was feeling, I think like, Hmm, I need some support. So I went to therapy mm-hmm. then feeling like I am done at this job. I've learned what I can learn. I'm going to try something else. That was the next tug. And I just gave it a shot. I knew that I had support. I knew that I had uh, some savings. I knew that I had spent the time preparing myself and it was just the matter of, of listening to the tug or not. And I think every time I did that, it got so much stronger and even in little ways, like, you know, doing cognitive behavioral therapy just helps you be aware of your train of thought. And a lot of the time I found that I was thinking other people know best. I think that's the message we get a lot as little kids is, 
yeah. that your parents know best, right? You're, the teacher knows best and they, they're wise. Ideally, at least they're wise. Sure. Um, but when it comes to what's right for you, only you know best. And I think I didn't believe that uh, for a huge chunk of my life. And that was kind of this journey is to just take little tiny steps. Like, what do I feel like eating today? What do I feel like wearing today? Even if it's not what I think is the most, you know, not appropriate thing for the situation, but just like what other people would expect of you. What can even like make you kind of hide in the background? So just people aren't judging you. They're not evaluating you. Mm -hmm. And I was so sick, I think, of shrinking myself that it was more painful to keep doing that than to take the risk of of being seen and trying the new thing, the, the next new thing. Um, and so I think by the time I got to the master's degree, I had been practicing with these little daily decisions, increasingly bigger ones, like leaving a job. And I, I just realized I, I did wait a long time. I have to say, I got a lot of tugs before I listened to, yeah. to the message, right? Which is, like it, which is quite common. Yeah, it's, it's, it is common. I, but I think had I been the version of myself I was several years ago before I had been practicing listening to the tugs on a more a smaller basis, I, I think I would have stayed with it. I would have just stayed in the program because that was the expected thing. It was the correct path. And I had in my head this idea that once you decide on something like that, you can't change your, like you can't change your mind. It, it's failure if you change your mind. That's kind of what I was telling myself because I thought that's what other people would think. Mm -hmm. But it got so painful. And then I realized like, I don't know if that's even true. Would other people really think that that's failure? So I talked to people. <laughs> I thought that was helpful, right? To people I trusted. Sure. And uh, like, I, I wanted definitely to know what my parents thought. So I asked them, you know, mm -hmm. I, I just said, like, I, I feel like it would be failure if I'm leaving, but I, I want to leave. And they completely supported me. They were saying that they had had a feeling from basically day one of the program that it wasn't the right fit, but that it wasn't obviously quite their, their place to tell me that. So I, I don't know, I think it was just every, every tiny tug led up to it. So whether it was asking people something, whether it was, I feel like I need to journal about this, or I just got increasingly well practiced at questioning that narrative that this is the way things are supposed to be. This is a set path. It's reliable. And it just wasn't what I wanted. I just, I could realize at a certain point that I was more unhappy staying in the situation than, than the risk of, of leaving. It was, it was just totally worth the risk emotionally because everything was fine on the outside, right? I had a student loan. I had a place to live. I had, a uh, theoretically good program that would lead to jobs and was living in Spain, <laughs> right? And there were yeah. so many things on the outside that were amazing. And it just wasn't right. And I, I think it was that daily practice of asking myself, what do I feel like getting back in touch with that, that mm -hmm. made it possible for me to make that choice. But I think it's a long, I think it's a lot of practice and it's a yeah. kind of journey so that you're ready for those big pivotal moments where you can make a, a life-changing decision like that. That's so cool. And props to your parents for, in, <laughs> you know, both times thinking, you know, not kind of stepping in and letting you yeah. figure it out on your own. That's really cool too. Yeah. I'm definitely grateful to them for that. I think, I, I think if I, <laughs> if I had thought they, if they were the type of people to say, 
we do think it's failure, you know, like I wouldn't have gone to them. <laughs> they first of all, yeah. not who my parents are at all, but I think I, I knew on some level that this was the right decision. Like I was already questioning that narrative that this was some sort of failure to leave a master's degree that you had committed to. And if it had been the case, I think I would have gone to another person who I love and trust and, and shared with them. I'm thinking about this. This is the fear. Yeah. I, think I knew on the inside, like I knew what the right answer was. I just needed the person I trusted to, to reflect it back to me because I think that's kind of overlooked sometimes how important mm -hmm. our support system is and, and having people on your side who believe in you, even when you can't believe in yourself, like you're having a low moment to have people to lean on. Yeah. Um, it made it so much easier to make that decision because I just knew that the people who are most important to me trusted me. They knew that I was going to figure it out, whatever mm -hmm. the solution was. Um, and that they were just, they were fine. You know, it, it wasn't a big deal actually that I was leaving a master's degree. It didn't change who I was. They thought I was going into the decision with a lot of intention, a lot of thought, a lot of preparation. Sure. So, and I, I knew that at the same time too, I had built up this sense of, I've made a whole bunch of changes. I've followed these tugs and every time I figured it out, and yeah. that kind of evidence that I had increasingly been building for myself made it so much easier to make the choice and to feel good about the choice, not to go back and doubt myself after it was done, um, which was a huge relief because I was, of course, worried, like, am I going to regret this two months later? And I, I really didn't. I really didn't. I, I, I was one of them. I honestly think it was one of the proudest moments of my life because it was such a big decision. That's and awesome. Yeah, it was a big deal. <laughs> well, congrats. And I think Thank it's. You. I think it's great because you are so young and <laughs> you know, everybody, she's a fresh 26 years old. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I think it's so cool that you have got so much clarity at such a young age. I think a lot of people in their careers go through, yeah, they might feel those tugs of like, Oh, what if I did this other thing or, Oh, but you know, there's the security, there's the stability and where they're going and they, they don't take that risk. And so I think it's really cool mm -hmm. that you've done that so young and are doing so well and are thriving. And it's just really cool. Thank to see. you. Thank you. Yeah. And I think a lot of this has been practiced because I don't know what else will happen in my life. Right. So I think every time listening to a tug, even if it was something recent like that, that, that was less than a year ago that I made that decision to, yeah. to leave and to go full time with my business. Um, I feel like that is just building up the resilience so that as I am older and as situations change and as I change what I want, I'm able to keep, keep listening to it and keep making those decisions that need to be made. So I, I just, the idea, honestly, for me, even just going to therapy was I want to live my life to the fullest from as young as I possibly can. <laughs> I want yes. to enjoy it as much as I can. And so I'm going to get all the help I can, um, take advantage of every possible resource that's available to me and keep trying to experiment and just make the most of this time. So I, I really was very intentional about the fact I wanted to do this type of thing when I was young, because this is an easy time comparably to take yeah. risks, right? Yeah. I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have a kid, you know, right. and it's totally possible at any phase, but I think, um, I was very lucky to have. I don't know, a moment of clarity in realizing that, Hey, that I can, I can do this now. I don't have to wait. Right? I don't need to try something for 10 years before I change it. This is the best time to try it for a couple of years before you change it. Or even a few months, like my master's degree. <laughs> yeah. Right? And yeah. It, it was very helpful just trying. 
and then changing and trying and changing again. Sure. That's awesome. Well, I know uh, copy editing, I've known a few other people who have who have dabbled in that and done that for mm. a stint of time. Um, so do, would you have any tips if somebody is listening and they're like, Hey, you know, I like writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's something I'm interested in maybe exploring. So would you, would you have any tips on just even where to maybe start if that's, you know, to get good at copy yeah. writing if that's, cause I mean, that is something that people I think could do even on the side, just to start, um, if they're interested in that and, and kind of see where that goes. So what tips would you have for somebody maybe interested in taking that path? Definitely. I think it's helpful to experiment by doing, honestly, I I think, especially when it comes to copywriting, it's quite formulaic. And in a sense, I, I really like that in that having certain limitations, certain boundaries kind of frees your, your energy and your mind to then play with, the space you have within it. So it is though formulaic because copy is about selling, right? So I do content as well, which is things like blog posts and um, podcast scripts, all sorts of stuff. But the copy itself is ultimately gearing towards getting the person reading it to purchase something or Mm -hmm. to take advantage of something that could be free as well. Anything that they need to invest their time in, their energy in, give you their email address for, it's still selling. You're still convincing them that this is going to help them ultimately. And I totally approach it from that, that it is helping them when you're offering something that could really help them in their life, right? It's just an exchange kind of of energy. And a lot of people have issues with that. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely find that. And that's why I always like to clarify what the difference is between copy and content as well, because they, I think copy starts to feel a little bit sleazy for people because it, it is selling, but actually it's just putting someone in touch with the solution that they need. Right? Just yes. making it so clear for them. And good copy shows people if it's not the thing that they need, right? It gets so specific to the ideal client that it helps people self-identify either as the client or they walk away. So yeah. it's not, it's, it's it, yeah, it's definitely not sleazy. And I think the best way to learn how to, to do that, because there's so many formulas that you can utilize because of the psychology behind that, ultimately leading to selling, that is helpful to honestly try creating your own website, even if you just do a free website, right? Just have experience with writing an about page, writing a home page, try out blog posts. You might end up liking content writing better where you're telling more stories, sharing experiences. Um, Content is really about free value that just attracts an audience and builds trust, right? So you Mm -hmm. may start out feeling more comfortable with that as well and then move on to other aspects. I would totally recommend just starting your own website and practicing all these things. I think the book that I really like, I believe it's called web copy that sells. I can find out and then you can put it in the, yeah, yeah. In the description of the podcast episode. Uh, but that is, this book is fantastic because it goes into the psychology behind it as well as some of these formulas. And actually you can totally find a lot of formulas online in blog posts by copywriters. People yeah. are so giving with the information because it's sort of like a structure but within that structure, you can create so many different things. So if you like writing, you've written essays before in school, and there is a definite structure to essays, right? You have that intro, you have your three paragraphs that have the topic and a little <laughs> bit of explanation and an example, and then you conclude it. 
but every single essay is totally different because you're explaining different things, right? The yeah. arguments you're making are different. Same thing, right? It's not formulaic in a boring way. It's actually, it just gives you the structure you need to achieve a, a piece that you can feel really proud of and accomplishes what it needs to. So I would start with that, learn about those formulas, practice on your own website, and then uh, ask friends, especially if you have any friends at all that are in business or are even just starting a side hustle or who want to grow an Instagram account. There's so many different ways to utilize what you learn through practicing copywriting and then get a head start by doing it for other people because then you learn about using other people's voices and how you can also build a portfolio, right? You can, even if you do it for free for your friends for a little bit, it lets you gain experience, but also you can get those testimonials that will build trust with the first person who's ready to invest in you. And uh, yeah, I think, cool. I honestly think that it's the type of thing you learn from, from practice because it is a craft, right? Writing is a craft. Mm -hmm. So I would say that those are probably the best places to start a hundred percent. Yeah, that's great. Those are really good tips. Thanks. <laughs> I hope so. And so I know you have built this business and you love traveling. So what, how do you plan to do that moving forward? <laughs> yeah. So I, mean, I know we're in COVID, so it's probably on, <laughs> on hold, but was that, mm. were you thinking about that in your decision to start your own thing? Was it kind of an intentional, like, yeah, I want to have the freedom to do that? Definitely. Yeah, I didn't really touch on that. But honestly, that was a huge part of it because I, I could have gone into copywriting or content writing. Usually, if you work for a company, you're doing yeah. one or the other. And I could have done it for a company, right? The stability of that. But I just knew from experience that having so I'm, I'm Canadian, which means that you do get two weeks of vacation. And then depending on your experience or negotiations, you can get more, but you do get two weeks of vacation. But still, two weeks out of 52 weeks in a year is right. minuscule. I didn't like the, the feeling that I didn't have control over my location. Like, it just seems like such yes. a fundamental human thing <laughs> to choose where you are in space. And, and as long as you get what you need to done in a day, I feel like work from home policies, especially now during COVID, I think people have really explored all the potential long-term options there, but even so, and I knew that companies already existed that did that, but it was just still, you have to ask someone permission. Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to ask someone permission because I, I love constantly changing my location. And that is literally to the point where in COVID right now, I like just today, I just didn't want to be at my desk anymore. So I just found a different space in the house <laughs> and yeah. just started working there just because I, I like, I like having physical autonomy that way. It's kind of interesting, but I was in Spain when I made the decision, obviously to leave the masters because I was living in Girona and I had the choice to come back to Canada, look for a regular job or start a business here. But I thought to myself, there's a city a little bit south called Valencia and Valencia is the most amazing place on earth that I've ever been to. <laughs> they have, I don't remember how many days of sunshine, but it's over 300 days of sunshine every year. It's got the freshest oranges. It's got the beach. It's small. It has a medieval center. Like it's just the dream. And I'd only been there once before. So when I was making the transition from being in the masters to figuring out if I would go back to Canada, I visited Valencia one more time and just fell in love with it all over again. So nice. I decided, okay, if I want to live in Valencia, then the natural thing is definitely to start my own business because I 
yeah, I'm not going to go back to, to Canada, but also if I'm in Valencia, I want to be able to visit Canada whenever I want to, where my, my family is, right? So I thought I would give it a shot, at least, that, that kind of lifestyle. And it was perfect. It was three weeks, let me tell you. It was only three weeks of perfection. Yeah. Um, the move was hard, actually. That's a whole other story. But it was three weeks of perfection being in Valencia. Um, and then, of course, COVID hit Spain. And everybody remembers Spain was one of the first uh, countries extremely hard hit and confined, total lockdown. You couldn't even go out on the sidewalk. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, and knowing that was going to last for months, that is why I ended up going back to Canada. But my dream is honestly to spend half a year preferably wintertime in Valencia because mm. it doesn't really get cold <laughs> and there's no snow. Um, and then the other half would be in Canada uh, because I, I do love Toronto. It's a beautiful green city in the summertime, but winter is hard anywhere for me. <laughs> winter is hard. Yes. Um, and if you have the option of being anywhere in the world because you own your own business, then I think for me, it makes complete sense to take advantage of that and um, that could include traveling on and off places, but for me, I just love, there's something about having homes on different continents that feels incredibly exciting. I have kind of family, in a sense, on both continents, in both countries, in Canada mm -hmm. and Spain, because of the years I've spent living in both places. So for me, that is the goal, is to have a business that allows me to live between those two places whenever COVID ends. <laughs> yes. And... Uh, that earns the income uh, that allows me to go back and forth and to have kind of a base in both place, places. So yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to get back there because three weeks was way short. That might sound like a huge commitment to make to a place after three weeks, but I'm telling you, like I just, hey. my heart was singing the moment I got there the first time and I've never had that any, anywhere else in the world. And I've, I've yeah. been to a few continents at this point. So yeah. I love this dream. It's going to happen. You. It's going to happen yes. for you. Yes, Come on, yes. COVID, get over. Seriously, <laughs> oh, Emma's got dreams yes. to fulfill. Seriously. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah the, possibly the least important reason for COVID to end, but it's one of them. It's up there for me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's great that you're able to do the legwork now, you know, and, and build yeah. business so that, you know, you'll just be ready to launch when that opportunity comes. Yeah, definitely. Actually, that's that's been a huge part of, that the process of accepting that I was going to be at home um, in Canada with my family was realizing that actually I can establish a really solid foundation because I'm able to save money because we can't go anywhere, especially for the first few months. Yeah. Able to save money, I'm able to experiment a lot because I know no matter what happens um, with my business at this time, I still have support. And I'm really lucky to have that support from, from family sure, and loved ones. Sure. And I, I realize not everybody has that, but I feel like since I do, I absolutely should appreciate it and, and utilize it. Um, so I have been able to, again, follow those tugs. <laughs> Every time I thought, hmm, I would like to do a workshop on this, or I would like to offer this special writing package to this person. Or, and I've had amazing experiences through that, that I don't know if I would have been so experimental with if I was already in the thick of the lifestyle I was trying to build for myself. Sure. Um, I just know I'm on the way there and that keeps me optimistic and excited. And I think I am trying my best to use this time to the full, basically, to yeah. work hard and enjoy the work, but build this foundation that'll let me follow the tugs when it's time to make another change. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you're doing awesome. Keep it up. Thank you. Thanks, Angie. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, where can our audience find you if, if we want to learn more about what you do and connect? And I know you've got some resources to share as well. Yeah, definitely. So my website is intrepidemma.com. I am Intrepid Emma. Um, and I actually named myself that in part because I thought it sounded cool, but also because I think traveling and following tugs, all of this kind of adds up to, I feel like I've developed a sense of bravery. Yeah. Um, and so I thought Intrepid, that feels good. So intrepidemma.com. And you can definitely find me also at Intrepid Emma on Instagram, on Facebook, on Pinterest, lots of different places. But I also wanted to share with your audience a resource because I felt like a huge part of those years of, you know, doing this therapy, practicing following the tugs and making small little decisions that added up to figuring out my inner compass again. Um, it was just being a little playful and being creative. And so I created yeah. a super light, uh, really kind of cute freebie um, that I wanted to share with your audience that you can get at intrepidemma.com slash do better. And it's just five ways to reconnect with your creative, playful self. And I think that that's a great exercise to start getting clear on what, what those tugs are, because I felt like a total cloud. <laughs> and I'm even, yeah, and yeah. you can see me doing like a little circle around <laughs> my chest. It was like my chest was cloudy. Like I had, I felt so weighed down and so confused and just practicing doing the things that felt a little fun, just whatever I felt like doing, harmless things, right? Like yeah, actually yeah. sometimes helpful things. And a lot of that was creative, whether it was, you know, um, creating a piece of terrible art, because I am not a visual artist. I paint with words only, <laughs> I promise. Um, <laughs> or singing or just getting outside, appreciating other art. There's so many suggestions in this cute little freebie. So I wanted to share that with, with your audience, because I think that out of everything I did, that was one of the most fun and most helpful ways to approach my daily life. That made a huge difference in the end. So mm -hmm. yeah, so intrepidemma.com slash do better. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for being here and sharing your story. I think a lot of people are going to benefit from it. Thank you, Angie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode. If anything in the show is resonating with you, please share and leave a rating and review so other people can find the show. You can find any links mentioned in the show notes at accountabilityforhire.com in the podcast section. And I would absolutely love to connect with you personally. Reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at accountabilityforhire and let me know what questions or thoughts you have about creating your life of freedom and flexibility. And please join our Facebook group. Just search the Pretty Sure We Can Do Better podcast. I want us to create a community to share resources and support each other on our journeys. Thanks for being you and wanting more for your life. And I'll see you next week.